welcome to the DEI India podcast where we dissect the Indian workspace from a diversity and inclusion lens and talk about building an equitable workplace. This is your host Yashi and I lead the diversity hiring practice at Lakshman Resources, the knowledge partner for this podcast. Today we're joined by Praful who is the co-founder for 60 Degrees Diversity Council. He is a storyteller, is a recruiter, is a DEI professional in his own words, a design thinker, queer and neurodivergent. Super excited to have you here with us Praful. We'd like to know a little bit more about you in your words. Thank you for having me. All are doing great work by uh, you know speaking about diversity inclusion um and taking it to more people. Uh I started somewhere 20 years back uh, speaking about LGBT rights and uh, organizing uh, little things before the Mumbai Pride happened in 2008 um and then it has been more from on ground grassroots level working to using all my marcom and all my uh, professional aspects toward DI to eventually doing business networking that 60 degrees started as 60 degrees started as the first lgbt focused uh, business networking forum in 2017 and um, 2020 we started other services and consultancies and uh, it emerged more um, from that perspective where community needed a certain amount of support and and very initially we figured that all the echoes that are coming are neighbors uh, cousins classmates uh, people who stand up for support and uh, we dropped the LGBT centricity label in 2017 itself, and right. um, allyship was pretty much the part of our growth journey because um, in the rooms where we are not present, somebody is talking about us, somebody is supporting us. So um, we took that in our stride, and uh, a lot of great things have happened ever since. And here we are. That's that's wonderful to know. And uh, you know, stemming from there again, our theme for conversation today is going to be queer mental health at workspace. So uh, without much ado, let's dive into you know the session itself. Uh, the first question for you that I have is how do you explain the current workspace dynamics uh, for queer folks? Right? Uh, why is mental health becoming such a pressing issue? See, uh, mental health is a pressing issue for everybody. Queer folks being vulnerable or being on the periphery or being marginalized uh, catalyzes it. Right? Okay. What happens is. Um, pressure can convert coal into diamonds or it can just crush the coal right it yeah. can do both at the same time and potential is the same human potential is the same yet um, whether you will be worth x or worth y is upon how well you can take the pressure and mental health with queer life is the intersectionality that we are talking because uh, nobody has a single identity queer people are not just queer alone queer Absolutely. and disabled queer and women queer and you know of a certain caste a certain skin color certain height a certain so there is a bunch of identity markers that are there for everybody right and that increases the complexity it is not just being queer just being queer takes a chunk right. obviously but there are all of these overlayers that then complicate the matter so today at workplace when you're talking uh each review each appraisal each uh, project when is important for a queer person because for them uh, there are more chances of not breaking that ceiling being left behind for whatever reason it 
it becomes that much more difficult to move ahead it's like a big weight of multiple identities along with being queer that each of us have and mental health uh training becomes that much more important that much more significant and that much more uh necessary for queer people that's right absolutely and uh, pretty importantly you mentioned about identities overlapping and uh, basically the idea of intersectionality is playing a very important role right so how do you think the workspace environments impact the mental health of individuals especially say people you know who have uh, their identities being uh, from the lgbtqi community and you know people certainly uh, on the margins so there are two aspects one is resisting and reacting right another is agreeing and aligning right resisting and reacting is when you are either on the rebellious mode you are either on this whole thing okay i'm out i've changed the system and even if i am one out of 10000 i'll do that that's one way of going about it agreeing and aligning is oh i will hide all my um, uh, you know supposed uh, queer traits and i will uh, try to blend in and not talk about it and you know just silence myself and uh, live in a small box um so both of these things both of these choices end of the day affect your work performance both of these choices are not uh what a lot of other people spend time on yeah and the need to do that marks the queer life in many ways and walking that central moderation path is also interrupted with microaggressions every day you get called out of ignorance and out mm-hmm. of choice also on board there's a lot of ignorance about what an out queer person is supposed to be all about uh, there's sexual curiosity there are misnomers that are given by family schooling a lot of uh, you know programming that goes in people understanding there are a lot of unconscious biases and these are not discriminations that are done on purpose and targeted people have just not been educated about it like this is what we do in board rooms today if it was done in classrooms earlier i wouldn't be doing this in board rooms right so True. today when we train directors and vps it's because a teacher was not given um that kind of environment and space to speak about these issues without shame and without being squeamish about it right and that's why today we are talking to a 50 year old uh to say that please when you are uh, uh you know associate when your uh, uh, reporty has uh, a partner that does not um, you know conform the norms that you have for everybody else you can still respect that partner you can still look at it in the same way rather than saying that ha huh, these people have too many partners mm-hmm. what is it blah, blah blah like there are a lot of those things that you have to counter right so we people have to counter each of these and very importantly you know so one of the things that i'm drawing from here is just the fact that there a lot of people are not aware of the correct language are not aware of the correct um, let's say <clears throat> attitude or the right way to kind of approach uh, queer people or you know just people who uh, seem different so uh, what do you think would yeah. be sorry you're saying something yeah, yeah? correct so what 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 are certain uh, potential barriers that you know come on way of uh, say queer individuals again or people you know non conforming individuals when speci- especially uh, you know talking about it from a mental health perspective so in terms of gaining support are there certain channels through which a person can be better supported by their peers colleagues or just the organization at large see what happens is uh, organizations have a mental health support program mhap 
uh, is very common in largest organizations uh, mm-hmm. yet even apart from queer folks nobody avails of it due to stigma because once you speak about your mental health people will consider that you're forever ill right if your body is not forever ill your mind does not need to be forever ill yes there will be phases yes there will be peaks yes there will be lows and uh, certain conditions will affect more and certain conditions will affect less uh yet understanding of the whole space is less yeah doctors have been given a certain credibility uh in our ecosystem but psych- psychologists and psychotherapists are still struggling for it right so when you take the assistance um whether it's through a workplace program or otherwise and you speak about it most people will easily brand you and look down upon you yeah that you need help and as if needing help is something that is a uh, a big criminal activity right like mm-hmm. when somebody did not understand something in class um did you compete with that person did you say that no they are not <laughs> in my league i am ahead of them why bother about them it shows those early traits of a person saying that if somebody requires help and they are doing good for themselves it's nothing about me yeah mm-hmm. i don't need to feel either better than them or to equate myself with them that if i was in their space i wouldn't have come out about that information mm-hmm. i would have kept it to myself that's your life that's your choice if somebody is uh speaking about it either you can say that one what do you require how can i assist or how is it affecting my projects how can we still be productive together right so if somebody has a brain fog if somebody has uh, a certain amount of lows etc or if somebody has uh, certain challenges uh, which are on concentration which are a lot of such things happen mm-hmm. with different uh, mental health conditions right you're maybe on certain pills and you're drowsy whole day maybe you're not medicating that way and you have a certain spike and spell of productivity that you will only be productive from certain hours to certain hours because that's your pattern this is how you're navigating basis right everybody has a very different kind of brain very different kind of working style how they would uh approach a project how they would submit a project how they would collaborate with others seniors juniors horizontal vertical all of that is different mm-hmm. for anybody who has a certain mental health um uh, concern and it can be temporary it can be long term can be in multiple spaces for them you have to have a unique uh standpoint right because you have to adapt as per their working style as well and you have to know that they, it can be disrupted at a certain point of time it can change it can evolve and you'll have to keep that room as maybe a reporting manager as maybe a colleague as maybe an ally who says that hey i i go through a certain amount of uh downtime i have gone through a certain amount of right downtime like um, women as caregivers uh, have a lot of empathy mm-hmm. right and uh, men have not been given that opportunity and uh, um, i i see that as something that's robbed out of cis men that uh, they're not even given that opportunity um, uh, so when that is happening a lot of times i've heard in corridor than a water cooler conversation where somebody says hey i had postpartum depression mm-hmm. if you go those i know xyz which is what you know mothers would say um a lot of other people find their ways of empathy in a different manner you will need that empathetic space so that if somebody is vulnerable enough and telling you about their mental health or the challenges that are there that come along with it you can factor in it factor that in and still be productive together till 
be effective together as a team and still deliver and still succeed together next i'd you know like to understand from you how can workplace leaders and managers be trained uh, to better understand and support the mental health needs of their team members and colleagues so, yeah, there is a lot of ignorance about your own mental health you know before colleagues is, is your own mm-hmm. so i would always ask people to understand their own mental health patterns and um, look at that more closely and understand their own journey rather than uh, going and being saviors or allies right just um, knowing that everybody has a great productive day everybody has the worst day and uh, there are triggers for it there are reasons for it and as um, as somebody who is in a corporate space mm-hmm. you will either be working alongside or you will have people who are reporting to you and who will have various of these challenges you'll have to be ready and factor that in um because uh, the show must go on and despite everything if somebody has been laid off and, uh, and they have a certain trauma and uh, on that trauma can't go to the next work workplace but but life doesn't operate like that there will be some amount of that trauma that will carry forward right so if you know already something like this if you know somebody is uh, uh doing a vocational change they're going from x domain to y domain x role to y role if if they've had an easy migration from one city to another a lot of these factors will affect mental health so if we can just be more mindful of our own reactions our own actions our own triggers it will also help others and we can also be mindful of how these small things add up and um, uh, affect everybody else because what you are perceiving can be perceived very differently by somebody who has a certain challenge um, so invisible disabilities wise when you have uh, uh, ms it it has different uh what to say impact when you have cerebral palsy it has different impact if you have adhd it has different impact right um you can have autism with adhd autism can be separate you can have a certain kind of bipolar um, uh, traits this lots that is there um it it can be something apart from these as well uh, where you have cyclical certain reactions so mental health is a vast vast space and uh, the more we know it's it's great we are learning more about ourselves and others and we'll be able to accommodate so learning is the way to go absolutely correct so you know moving a little bit uh, from this theme of discussion and i'd like to uh, you know probably understand from you how do you think uh, the workspace culture or say the space in itself is changing for folks uh, from the lgbtqi community are things looking better how are things uh, you know couple of years back and how do you see the future coming and i think it's a lot of questions here but you're getting the getting the gist of what i'm trying to ask um from people either trying to be completely indifferent or people trying to uh speak about it behind your back at least the conversation is out in the open right this conversation is being had which right. is um is acknowledgement of yeah there are people yes there is um apart from heteronormativity something else exists yeah and what this something else is there is a constant um to and fro that happens with that right and there will be speculation there'll be conversation there'll be misunderstandings all of that will happen at workplace and otherwise and that happens for people what's emerging is when organizations are getting ready to accommodate the whole queer umbrella the whole lgbtqi spectrum there's a lot of difference and diversity there uh, they're prep for some they're not prep for some 
fifty percent of population, um, uh, you know, who are feminine presenting and feminine uh, identifying, um, workplaces were not even equipped for that, and now this is additional. So every time there is a conversation about uh, sexuality, it's all also a conversation about gender. That's alongside, right? Um, gender being the mothership there. Right. Then a lot of times, uh, conversation about consent comes mm-hmm. in when they speak about um, um, you know pronouns and when they speak about anything about the community. So what I see is it's a great bouncing board for larger issues, larger pieces. Speaking about disability, speaking about mental health, speaking about gender. So sexuality, because it is a conversation that's of a certain interest. And people are engaging in it uh, more often. It it acts now in 2023 as a great space to do a lot of these other um, conversations and assimilate and say that hey, we are queer and disabled. We are que- queer women. We are queer uh, bosses. We are queer um, trainees. All of this identities and all of this diversity exists within this spectrum as well. So we get to showcase that we get to speak about it and there's that much more labor and there's that much more privilege and pride all of it given to the community so that makes me very curious what is your understanding of inclusion or what is uh, your ideal uh, you know situation where a person would feel included the belonging is an end goal right, right? Uh, we have like we were talking to professors of IIT and, and PhD scholars and people who are supposed to be very intellectual mm-hmm. and uh, speaking to them about this last week. And even there, uh, when we draw a four simple four quadrant, which most of the students right. will understand, um, there's belonging and there's uniqueness, right? Belonging is where you are really into the system. You are really inside and when you're inside. There's uniqueness where you are so different and your differences right. are being pronounced, right? Constant, separate thing. But when you feel belong, you don't feel unique. When you feel unique, you don't feel belong. Interesting. Yeah. So we're always in that loop. We're always in that loop. Inclusion is when we include both. Inclusion mm-hmm. is when there is space for uniqueness, expressing our individual specific way of expression, of, you know, just being maybe and also including what as a community as a larger uh, interpersonal space what is that belonging what is that thing that we carry along with us everywhere right Uh, so there is a mix of both of this that that makes inclusion inclusion is a word that is thrown around a lot but how do you really understand it and i think this is a beautiful way that you've described uh, so, uh, Praful, thank you so much for, you know, having this conversation with me. I'm pretty sure the listeners would have enjoyed a lot too. Pretty sure uh, that we'll kind of me- keep moving forward and that we see better times coming ahead for us. Thank you. That is the idea that you keep moving the needle, have such conversation, more people understand it, more conversations are sparked. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening. Check out our other episodes as well in the series. Connect with us at www.lakshhr.com. This is your host Yashi signing off. Until next time.